0: Take your Bibles and go to First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. And let's read verses six through eight. Says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. I want to direct your attention to the part where it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Okay, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And we'll get back to this verse in a while, but keep that verse in mind. And then now turn to Psalms 123. Psalms 123. And we're going to read, it's a short chapter in the Bible. We'll read the whole thing. And says, Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that ye have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. Notice in there how it says, we watch, we watch your hand like a servant. He watches his master's hand. Or a maid, she watches the hand of her mistress. And what I want to talk about this morning is the hand of the master. The hand of of the master. And in this passage here in Psalms when when it gives this example of a servant looking to the hand of their masters. And they say that, you know, back in the day, the servants, a good servant knew his master so well that all the master would have to do is do a little hand gesture or something, and that servant knew exactly what to do. He knew exactly what the master wanted. Maybe they were having some big uh, you know, formal get-together or whatever. You know, and the Master, he didn't, well, doesn't want to be yelling out orders and, uh, you know, barking out commands and things. And that's, that gets kind of tiring. You know, parents, isn't it annoying when you have to yell at your kids to do everything? And, you know, isn't it nice when you can just give simple instructions and that's all it takes? You know, maybe your kid's like, Mom, Dad, why do you have to yell? It's like, because you don't listen, you know? And imagine if, uh, you know, all it took was a little hand gesture. That's all it took, and a good servant. They would watch that hand of the master. They were all. They were always watching because whenever he gave an instruction, they wanted to be ready. And the hand of our master, of course, we're talking. We're talking about the hand of God. And I want to talk about watching for the hand of God. Watching for God's hands. And there's several reasons in the Bible, and we see the hand of God mentioned quite a bit in the Bible, and I think it's important that we do our best to watch, to pay attention to the hand of God, and there's many reasons for it. But the first reason is we're supposed to watch the hand of God because we're watching we're waiting for his instructions. And see that's what those master those servants would do. You know, they knew, okay, my job here, the reason I'm here, is to serve my master. And they wanted to make sure they did a good job. And so they were always just watching, wanting to make sure they pleased the master. They didn't want them to have to do anything extra to get their attention. The Bible talks about us, too, as Christians, whoever we work for, we're supposed to be, uh, you know, we're not supposed to work just with eye service as men pleasers. You know, we're not supposed to, when you're on the job, you're not supposed to be working hard just when the boss is watching. Okay, you know that's you know that's eye service as men pleasers, but we should do it in a way where we're wanting to please God, and that means we're going to be doing the job right, even when nobody's looking, and that that ought to be our attitude. And that good servant, he's waiting for instructions. And you know, as Christians, God has things that He's going to want us to do. God, you know, I understand that we have the Bible and that everything's in there, but yet there's ways that we can see the hand of God in situations. And when we see the hand of God, we need to be watching because He may be trying to give us instruction. Okay, So an example of that, this morning, like we talked about, uh, the story with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Okay, Here he sees a man reading the book of Isaiah. And the Holy Spirit told him, go join yourself to Him. You know, and you know, we ought to be looking for opportunities to serve God by, you know, by telling people about Christ. You see an opportunity? Hey, God's hand. Might have been in that. That may have been God directing you to that person. And someone who's paying close attention will notice things like that. They'll see, you know, God didn't bring us to this point. You know, this wasn't a coincidence. God did this. The hand of God was in it. Just before church, me and Brother Lonnie were talking, and the, uh, you know, they just switched my schedule at Walmart. I got I'm Tuesdays and Thursday now, which is a huge blessing. And what's funny about that, my operations manager that I originally talked to about that, he had to go to the HR manager who would be the one to make that decision. But that next week, he said, I'm going to be gone the next week for vacation. And then the next week, um, that next week he got promoted to HR manager. And so when I got, went to my managers to say, hey, have you did you guys find out anything on that? You know, The one that they had to go talk to, the one who had to make that decision just happened to be the one that I had talked to about the whole thing, and so it made it real easy. And you know, talking I think the hand of God was in that. And as anxious as I've been to get out of there, you know, it's like, well, when you see the hand of God, it's like, well, maybe there's still somebody there I'm supposed to reach. So maybe there's some reason He still has me there. And when you see the hand of God in that, you know, it, when you see the hand of God in a situation, it kind of helps instruct us on what we're supposed to do next. And there's a lot of examples we can give, but just as you see things, you know, as you see things come together, as you see things that you know, there's no way that can be a coincidence. That has to be God. Understand that's the hand of God, and He may be trying to send us a message to instruct us to do something. You know, maybe you were reading your Bible. Maybe you know, just an example. You know, maybe you're reading your Bible one morning and you know you you see it on a certain subject maybe the holy spirit speaks to your heart and says you know what you need to do better about on that and then you know i get up sunday morning and i preach a message on that very subject you know the hand and that happens to people all the time the hand of god's in that and if you're paying attention and you see the hand of god then you know that's going to tell you i think i know what he wants me to do next and you know, I don't know what all those hand gestures and things they were. You know, some of the things I've heard about it in commentaries and things I've read, you know, sometimes it was a very small gesture. One that other people that were around, they wouldn't have noticed it. You know, they wouldn't have noticed that he had just given a commandment or given instructions to one of his servants. Nobody else would have noticed it. Just that servant and that master knew. And he did, he, he had to, but he had to pay close attention he had to know that master very well for him to do that he had you know he had to know what he wanted you know my kids sometimes you know we'll go walking into the house or something and i know i know you're going to want us to do this or i know i know you're going to want us to do that and, you know they tell us what our commands are going to be before we even command it you know they know us that well it's like okay if you know us so well how about you just do it and don't even make us say it? You know? And that's what you know. That would be the best way to do things. And a good servant will do, know his master well enough that he doesn't have to say it. And we ought to know God well enough. We ought to know His Word well enough that God doesn't have to do much to get our attention. I mean, just the smallest thing will get our attention. It will draw our minds. To what it is that God wants us to do, because we know Him that well. It's amazing how many people, I mean, literally have to get slapped upside the head from God. I mean, God's just got to send them through a trial or something, or uh, you know, make something big happen before he'll he'll finally be able to get their attention. It's because they're not watching, they're not paying attention, and we need to keep our eyes as close as we can on the hand of God because He's trying to give us instruction. And you know, just like your kids, you know, why do you yell? You know, I mean, I, I I probably should invent some hand gestures. You know, tell my kids, you know, if you see me do this in church or something, you know, I I do some little thing that like this that nobody else would really notice. You know, that means you're in big trouble when you get home. You know, if you see me doing one with two hands like this, it means you're grounded for a week. You know, and you know, and you know, and if you if you see me doing this. That means I'm coming down off the stage in about two seconds. You know, I should invent some of those things for the kids, and maybe they'll watch and pay attention. And you know, sometimes, you know, God does. He has to get, he has to do some pretty big things to get his children's attention. And we shouldn't do that. We ought to be just waiting and anticipating, and. I mean just ready to go. Alright, Lord, what do you want me to do next? Lord, I'm watching. I'm looking for an opening. You know, it's amazing how many people they say they want to be used of God. And you know, I mean they they've got a talent, they've got an ability or whatever, and you know, the pastor, he can get up, yeah, you know, we praying we need somebody to fill this need in the church and you know that person that has that ability, you know, the pastor's trying to get their attention too, you know, and then you know that person just sitting there you know. Not paying any attention. Hey, maybe, maybe it's not the pastor. Maybe it's God trying to get your attention and say, "Hey, this is your, this is your instruction. This is what I want you to do next." But people just don't pay attention, and they do. They want to see these big signs. They want to see some you know some big light in the sky or some miracle. And God just wants you to watch His hands and be like that servant, just or be like that maiden that waits on her, her mistress watches her hands. We're paying that close of attention. So we watch His hands to watch for His instruction, but also we watch His hands to watch for His provision. Look at the very next chapter. or, not, uh, or no? Uh, we're going back to Psalms 104. Psalms 104 right now. In verse 27, it says, "...these weigh all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season." That thou givest them, they gather, thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. We ought to have the mindset with God. We need to admit it. We need to understand that God's the one that's responsible for our provision. Okay? Now, you, you think about your earthly masters that you have. Now, we don't like that term master, but how many you know have a manager you know, that they're under maybe? Okay, you know, they're your master. All right, okay? You know, even Brother Eric, you know your customers if you don't make them happy uh they're not going to pay you and they're not you know they're not going to come back and uh, you're in trouble so even even you and your though you own your own business you know, you're kind of at their mercy, and you got to serve them you got to make them happy because they're the ones paying right that's where that's where your provision comes from in an earthly sense, but we understand in the big picture of things all of our provision that we have it comes from the hand of God. I mean, it's God that gives us the abilities that we have, and it's God that can take those things away in a heartbeat. I mean, the job that I do at Walmart, I mean, one back injury, and I can't do that anymore. I mean, a, a job that physical, you know, I'm done. Just one One injury. And I'm I'm done with that. And that, and that's the case for many different things. We need to understand we are dependent on God and that servant who you know watches his master's hands, who pays attention to his master. He understands I need to make him happy. You know he is he's the one that's providing for me. He's the one that's taking care of me. Who's uh, you know who's uh, you know giving me my pay or whatever. And we need to understand that God is our provider. And so we watch his hands. Not just for the instructions, but because we understand that the things that we need come from Him. Right? The things we need, they come from Him, and they are in His hand. And if you are, if you're looking for something, if you need something, you know you're going to look in the place you believe it's at. And we need to understand that everything that we need, it's in the hand of God. And so we ought to be watching. I mean, just like you know, kids sometimes you'll take something, you'll put it in a hand. All right, you know. Which hand is you know, hold on, you know, they're looking you know, well, you know, why? Because they, they want that quarter or whatever it is <laughs> that you have in your hand. And everything that we, and you know, they'll pay attention, you know, they're looking to see if one's open a little more than the other, whatever they can see. And with us, we need to understand everything that we need, it comes from God, and we need to be watching because he has it. You know, and, and what's he going to do with it? <laughs> is he going to make us wait? Or is he you know is he gonna is he gonna hand it to us? You know, we don't want to miss that opportunity to get what we need. We understand that everything we need, it comes from God. And so many people today, I mean, we we're so dependent on ourselves. We rely so much on ourselves, we rely on a lot of things of this world, but the things of this world fail all the time. I mean, they don't come through all the time and you know what i'm sure we've all got had times in our life when the things that we were trusting in failed and we somehow made it through it and who was it that came through for us it was god it was god the provider. how did, how did that happen god did he's our provider and if we watch if if we understand that once again our eyes are on him and here's the other thing too if you understand That God is your provider, then, and your eyes are on Him, you're probably not going to be real worried about what's going to happen, are you? You know, everybody says about Walmart. You know, Walmart's a great place. You know, I mean, there's you know such a big, powerful company. You know, you all was have the job security and things. But you know, I've been noticing Walmart stock going down. You know, it it hasn't been doing it has been doing that great. And you know, I've uh, said I i don't think walmart's about to shut down or anything but you know they could they absolutely could fail i, mean, I think there's a lot of reasons sometimes they deserve to fail you know I hope none of my managers listen to these messages messages i get in trouble but um but you know understand that that could you know they could easily fail big companies have gone out of business and just people have been in huge trouble and it's destroyed them financially and they didn't know what to do. they were devastated. Why? Because they were looking at something other than God for their provision. And you know, and there's other jobs that are out there that, you know, I've had some jobs before where you're like, "Well, I don't know if this place is going to be in business next month." I've worked some of those before, and you, and you did. you had to wonder, and you know what? You get worried and concerned. But if you understand, in the long run, it all comes from God like I'll be okay. Okay. Maybe maybe it won't be this company that I get my paycheck from, but it'll be somewhere else cuz in reality it comes from God. It comes from his hand. So we watch for his instructions, we watch his hand for his instruction, we watch his hand for his provision. But then also go to Exodus chapter 32 and verse 11, we watch his hand for our protection. Okay? Our protection, it comes from the hand of God. You know what's interesting in most of these verses? Why do you think it never says the hands of God, but it always says the hand of God? I mean, God's got two hands. Why hand? I think it's because He's so powerful He could do it all with one hand tied behind His back. I don't know <laughs> I don't know if that's theologically accurate or not, but I, I ask myself that question. Why does it always say hand and not hands? But anyway, that's the only answer I came up with. So you can... Uh, you can go with that if you want. But Exodus 32:11, and Moses besought the Lord his God and said, "Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand?" Okay? God it was God that did that, okay? I don't care what people say. I don't care what happened in the new stupid New Moses movie that came out. I mean, sorry for saying stupid. Worst movie ever, I'm telling you. Uh, it was an absolute joke. All the stuff that happened on that movie, the way they portrayed it, the way they portrayed God, the way they portrayed the plagues is like these natural phenomenons that happen. What a joke. I mean, I shouldn't even have thought of that, but boy, that, that, that show just made me so mad. The only thing that kept me going, I wanted to see the Red Sea part. And it didn't even part it just like drained and then a tidal wave came back. <laughs> what a joke. But why'd you get me going on that? But anyway, God did that with a mighty hand. That clearly was the hand of God. It was all over that. I mean, God protected them. God brought those plagues on the Egyptians and only on the Egyptians, not on the children of Israel. It was God that did all that. And then whenever they came and they were backed up against the sea, it was the hand of God that caused the pillar of fire on one side and a pillar of darkness on the other side to keep Pharaoh and his chariots from coming after them. It was God that part of the Red Sea. It was God that closed the Red Sea and drowned Pharaoh and his armies and Moses didn't get taken out in the tidal wave. I don't know what that was all about either. But I mean, just oh what a joke. But anyway, it was clearly God that did that. I mean, the hand of God was all over the place. He brought them out with a mighty hand. And what we've got to understand that our protection, it comes from God. Just look at all this all the ways that you can die. Okay, there's a TV show I've seen a couple of them like a thousand ways to die or something and they're always showing all these different ways that people died and you know my wife too every time she hears about a new disease she's convinced she's got it or one of our kids have it i mean there's always a new panic about something that's going on uh that that we're going to die but there are so many ways that you can die look how many people die in car wrecks and bathroom accidents and from the common cold and you know diseases there are so many ways That you can die. And we can take all the safeguards possible. I mean, you can stock your house full of guns and ammo and things, but then, you know, you might have some fire and it'll make an explosion from all the gunpowder and kill you that way. I mean, you know, there's, you can do everything, but when it comes down to it, what we should be dependent on and what we should be looking to is the hand of God. Lord, I need your protection. I mean, just one moment when you're not paying attention behind the wheel could end your life. Or, I mean, seriously cripple you to where you cannot provide for yourself or your family anymore. And we need to understand that it's the hand of God that protects us. And you know, there's probably been times where you've seen God's hand protect you. But you know how many? There's probably been a lot of times where we didn't even notice. But yet, God's hand was there. He protected us from evil, He kept us from evil. And we, we ought to watch for that. And because the truth is, if we're watching the hand of God, and I know, you know, physically you can't see it, but at the same time spiritually you can see it. You can see if you pay attention, you can just see God's hand in everything. And when you start seeing God's hand in things, you're gonna, you're probably not gonna get real scared. There's not gonna be a whole lot of worry if we're keeping our eyes on the hands of God. I mean. If we're keeping our eyes on the hands of God, we understand that the hand of God is capable of more than anything else that's out there. I mean, why would we fear the thousand ways to die or the million ways to die when you're keeping your eyes on the hand of God? We understand that unless God removes His hand, that nothing can hurt us and if God does remove his hand, he's got a purpose, he's got a plan in there, and either way, we're going to be all right. But unfortunately, you know, people worry about so many things cuz they're not looking at the hand of God. Turn over to Psalms 124. We started in 123, but now turn to Psalms 124. I want to show you something in this passage here. We'll start reading in verse 1. And it says, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey... Their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers, the snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. I want you to think about those first couple of verses there. They were you know, in this passage here they're thinking, If the Lord hadn't been on our side, what would have happened? And we ought to think about if it had not been for the hand of God protecting us, where would we be right now? Had it not been for God, you know, God's intervention, have you ever thought, maybe some of you thought, you know, what if I would have married? Maybe there was somebody that you were planning on marrying, but the hand of God intervened, and now you look like, oh, <laughs> if God hadn't intervened. I mean, you think about some of the decisions you made, maybe some of the jobs that you thought about pursuing, but, you know, the hand of God stopped that, and you're like, now you're just like, thank God. That He intervened and didn't allow that to happen. I mean, I think all of us in here, if we would thought about it for a little bit, we there's many things that we could think of that had God not intervened, had the hand of God not been involved, we would have been in big trouble today. I mean, we would be in so much trouble. And in this passage here in Psalms, he's saying... With Israel, if God hadn't been our side, we would have been done for. We would have been defeated. We would have been destroyed. We wouldn't even be here today had it not been for the Lord who was on our side. Had it not been for the hand of God, I mean, and had it you know were it not for God, where would where our soul be heading right now? You know, we'd be on our way to hell. We might already be in hell. Who knows where we would be today? Had we not been saved, had you not gotten saved, whenever you got saved, we have no idea. But it is something that we ought to think about sometimes, and it ought to cause us to just stop and thank God that He's intervened, the times that He's intervened, that He's been there, that He ne- that He never has left us, He's never forsaken us, and boy, what that ought to do right there. Okay, when you think about the times when God's hand did intervene, maybe in a way. You know that you didn't really like, maybe in a way you didn't really want him to, but now you look back and you're thankful that he did. It ought to cause us once again to keep our eyes on him a little more, and whenever we're about to do anything, just it's like we're kind of watching to see if God tries to stop us. Okay, maybe with your kids before, you know, you you to stop them from doing something. You know, you try to stop them from running out of the street or something. You know, sometimes you just you have to grab a hold of them. And pull him back. I saw the mom one time. Her kid, she she had a little baby in a car seat. She was carrying about a little two or three year old kid, just as wild as all get out. And she opened the door to the restaurant, or she was getting ready to open the door. And so she sat, or, the, or no, she didn't. She she was held on to the baby, but she let go of her son. She only had two hands. You know, moms know what I am talking about. But all, as soon as she let go of her kid, man, he just bolted for the road, just bolted, and ran right onto right out of the road. Thank the Lord, no cars were coming at that time. And that mom, boy, she ran out of there, and the hand of the mother grabbed that child's arm and picked him up and was bringing him back, and all at the same time spanking him as she brought him back and took him off the road. You know, her hand had to intervene there, where you know it would have been better if she could have said, "Stop." And he'd have paid attention there, but <laughs> not that kid. It was going to take it was going to take more than just a hand gesture to stop him. And you know, God wants to do that with us, but sometimes He may have to get rough with us a little bit. And if we would just learn, if we would start paying attention to Him, we wouldn't have to do that. And we, if we just thought about all the times that God has just saved us from unimaginable things, you know, we talked about it this morning. In church with Miss Hazel, you know the only reason she can't, you know, we we happen to knock on her door, you know. And I think, you know, what if we'd quit a street early, you know? What if I'd have gotten anxious and just left the flyer and not knocked on the door, you know? What if? And you think of all these things, and she ended up getting saved later, and you know, and, and Beulah got saved, and you know, you just you think about those things, and it's just like, man, what if? What if? What if? But the truth is you know the hand of god was involved there and god knew what was going on and took care of things but it's like you have to wonder sometimes you know have we missed other opportunities and if we have you know i don't want to do that again and what it should cause you to do is to just keep your eyes as close as you can on god so we don't miss anything i don't want to i don't want to miss opportunities like that and so we were Constantly keeping our eyes in His hands, so we can watch for His protection, but also watch for His punishment or permission. I guess you you can say. I go to Isaiah chapter nine and verse eight. Isaiah nine and verse eight, and it says, "The Lord sent a word into Jacob, and it hath lighted upon Israel." And all the people shall know, even Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria, that say in the pride and stoutness of heart, the bricks are fallen down, but we will build with hewn stones. The sycamore trees are cut down, but we will change them into cedars. Therefore, the Lord shall set up the adversaries of reason against Him and join His enemies together, the Syrians before and the Philistines behind. And they shall devour Israel with open mouth. For all this... His anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For the people turneth not unto him that smiteth them, neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. Basically, what it's saying here: Israel's doing evil, and so God, the hand of God, starts working against them. He's got one army in front of him, he's got another army behind him. God's doing, and all these armies come and they're destroying them. They're defeating him. And for all this, even with all that God is allowing to happen to them, all that the hand of God is doing, they're still not paying attention. His hand is still stretched out against them. They're not getting the message. It's stretched out and says, for the people turneth not to him, that smiteth them. God was literally smiting Israel with His hand. And instead of paying attention to that, it's like they tried to pretend... There is no God. You know, let's go serve other gods. Let's go serve. You know, let's go. You know, worship golden calves. That was something they did more than once. You know, let's go worship Baal. Let's serve these other gods. They're better than the God of Israel. They're better than the God that Judah serves. We want to have our own God. We want to worship in our own mountain. We want to do our own thing. And God's hand is against them. He's smiting them. But it's like they just are ignoring it, not paying. A bit of attention, and you know what? We've got to ask ourselves the question sometimes. You know, is God's hand against us? And if it is, God doesn't stretch out His hand against His people just to hurt them. Okay, He's trying to get our attention. Okay, no good parent, when they spank their children, is trying to hurt them in a way that's, uh, you know, long term or you know, or you know, that'll forever alter their life. Okay. Okay. You're trying to inflict some pain so you can send a message that will get them back on the right path, so they will avoid greater pain down the road. Okay, I mean, so I don't, I'm not going to hurt my kids. I'm not going to spank my kids. Okay, well that's fine. But you know what? There may be a cop beating them up one of these days. You know, they might get thrown into the slammer. And you know, we've been hearing about all these police brutality things uh, that are going on. You know, I wonder maybe if some of those parents. Would have wailed on their kids a few times. Maybe, you know, those parents could have gotten those kids' attention just with the instructions of their mouth and instead now, police. I know some parents that when their kids get out of control, they call the cops on them all the time. I know one, I knew one parent, and you know, they had a lot working against them, okay? These were. Two lesbians, all right. That uh, you know their kids. Their kids used to ride the bus. So, you know, you can see they had a lot working against them already. But man, their kids were so medicated up and everything. And whenever their kids would get out of control, what they would do, they would call this ambulance that would come and take them up into the suburbs somewhere. I forgot which town, and basically take them to this uh, psychiatric place for kids where they test out all kinds of medications on on them to help their behavior. And not only did they do that, they would go around telling everybody else how wonderful that place was and encourage them to do that when their kids get out of line. And you know what? Some of the parents would. I went and visited that place one time. The kids were so crazy. The kids weren't allowed to wear shoes there because they said kids take the shoes and try to beat themselves to death with them. And, I mean, kids. Little kids. Little kids. And I'm just thinking, wow, you know, what a mess. What, I mean, uh, our society has, they have no clue what they're doing when it comes to raising kids. Absolutely no clue. Well, we can't spank them. That's abusive. But we can drug them up to the point where they're going to try to beat themselves to death with shoes. And that's not abusive. Those same parents that wouldn't spank their kids, the one kid would do horrible things to himself that I can't even mention. But if they would have spanked that kid, they would have had the kid taken away from them by child protective services and stuff. Instead, they did everything those people told them to do, and that kid would do horrible, painful things to himself that were absolutely disgusting because he was so strung out on this weird medication. And I'm here today to tell you that you know God sometimes He does inflict some pain on us to get our attention. And we need to be watching for that. We need to be we need to be paying attention. I've told y'all before. My mom sometimes she used to spank me with this yellow brush, and I hated that brush. And the other day, I was at mom and dad's house, and I went in the bathroom and I saw that brush. She still has it. And then I you know, I looked at it and I was just. Oh. I don't like it. It makes me nervous. <laughs> Even though I haven't been spanked with that thing for years. looked inflicted pain many times on me. And you know, when God uses His hand against us to smite us sometimes, what that's going to do is when we start seeing the hand of God come on our lives when we're getting out of line, we're going to remember that and say, whoa, never mind. I'm not going to do that again. But you know, you can try to ignore it. But eventually, it's gonna it's gonna hit us, and it's gonna hurt, and we need it, okay? We need it, and we need to be watching his hand for that. We need to watch for the punishment, and and also for the permission, okay? So, because sometimes, you know, like with kids, maybe you know if you've probably all seen this before, your kids where they want to do something, you know, and then they just kind of look at you, and you know, and they're. They're looking sometimes maybe maybe just in your face to see if you know is mom and dad okay with this you know maybe maybe some other kid hey you want to go do this and they just they don't even ask they just look at you and just you know, yeah you know that, that's all it takes a little head nod the Bible says in Psalm thirty two eight I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go I will guide thee with mine eye I will guide thee with mine eye that's all it takes sometimes. When somebody is submissive, when somebody's listening, when they're paying attention, just a look is all it takes to give the instruction, to give the permission. And sometimes before we do something, before we make decisions, we ought to go looking for the hand of God in that situation. And just ask yourself and look to see, hey, is God for us or against us in this thing? And you start seeing God work against you, boy, take a hint. And back off. Don't do it. Just pay attention. You know, seek his face. The Bible talks, about my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. God wants to, he'd rather do little things to get our attention than the big things. But if we're not watching, then he's going to have to do the big things. So, Watch for that punishment or permission, and then finally, let's go back to First Peter chapter five, where we started. 1 Peter chapter five. Now, you know think about that as a servant, okay, And let's think about this as, as Americans from 2015, all right? Now, I mean, and we, you've all probably seen these people before. you know, nowadays, everybody's all so concerned about their rights, you know and workers, they have all kinds of rights and things. I mean, they've got to post all these. Workers' rights and things that your workplaces and stuff that they can read, and you know nowadays, you know, managers if they they come and tell the employees what to do. I mean, they got to be careful. They got to go through all these channels because employees, are, you know, well, I have my rights, or or if they're in a union or something, I can't do that job. That's not part of the union I'm in, or whatever. And we can give them all we can give them all kinds of grief, but the truth is, one of the reasons people struggle so much with authority is because it's a pride thing, isn't it? You know I mean, you know how many people, you've probably heard this before, maybe their boss tells them to do something a certain way, but they know more than their boss, don't they? I know more than he does. I've worked here longer than he has. Or if you're a guy, and maybe your boss is a woman. Now, I know none of us in here are chauvinist enough to have a problem with a woman boss telling us what to do, but for those of you that might have a problem with that, um, you know, Nobody asked my wife if I've ever struggled with any of this. You know, we we don't like what, that. That's pride, isn't it? i don't let that woman tell me what to do. <laughs> I already got one woman bossing me around at home. I, you know, I changed the voice of my tom tom from a woman voice to a male voice because I'm not letting two women give me directions when I'm driving around, and one's enough. And I I heard I stole that joke, but I, but it, it, it's a humbling thing, isn't it? And pride caused us to not want to listen not want to pay attention and think about the humility of that master who just was watching I mean just watching his master's hands just for a little signal you know that's that's pretty humbling isn't it you know nowadays a master can't do that a master has to go and give him a written description of what his job is going to be he's got to make him watch all these training videos and do all these courses and things and he's got to make sure he understands you know all of his rights and things and you know we've made things so complicated these days but boy back then it wasn't like that and that was very humbling to do that kind of work to submit yourself that way and the truth is when we watch got the hand of god in all these areas like we talked about, it is a very humbling thing. And that's why in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. So we need to watch God's hand to wait for His promotion. You know why people don't want to wash the hand of God? That is a humbling thing. You know, You ought to just you know, I just do what I want to do. I follow my heart. You know? I'm not gonna be one of these people, you know, you just follow a book, an old book, a book's thousands of years old, written by a bunch of men. And that's how a lot of people see it. They're not willing to humble themselves. You know, they're not willing to humble themselves to the to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is gonna convict your heart about things. There's gonna be things you want to do, and the Holy Spirit says, No, don't do that you know, everybody else is doing it and doesn't seem to have a problem with it. And the Holy Spirit tells you not to. Come on, why aren't you going to do this? The Holy Spirit says I should. The Holy Spirit? You can't see the Holy Spirit. You can't prove a Holy Spirit, especially to lost people, but you do. you'll humble yourself and say, I'm going to be obedient. This doesn't feel right. I don't believe this is something that God wants me to do. And that takes humility. You know, wives... Submitting to your husbands like the Bible says? That takes some humility. I mean, Baptists today, one of the things we're not popular about is we still believe the part of the Bible that says a bishop is to be a husband of one wife and that women aren't supposed to be preachers. We We still believe that here. Okay, and I know they're making it where a wife or a woman can have a wife now. But you know what? God doesn't recognize that. And it doesn't matter if you're a woman and you have a wife, you're still not supposed to be a preacher. And we teach those kind of things. And you know, a lot of women they won't go to church like that because pride. <coughs> they believe you have to submit to your husband. You know, they believe a woman shouldn't be a pastor or a deacon. What's that all about? And they will not humble themselves under the mighty hand of God, and the Bible says that when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He will exalt us in due time. You have to humble yourself before God can exalt you, and just following simple instructions—that is a humbling thing. And for and, you know, and I want to close with this illustration. You know, but let's suppose you know there are two people. And God's trying to get the same message across to one of them. Okay? Maybe God, you know, we got we got Jason and Kyle right there. And let's say that God is trying speaking to both of them and says, he wants them to be preachers. Alright? And you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to Kyle one time, you know, he's reading something from the Bible about it, and he hears a message preached, and the Holy Spirit just speaks to his heart and says, You know what? I'd like it if you're a preacher. And he says, Yes, Lord, I'll do that. And he surrenders to be a preacher. But then you got Jason. Holy Spirit does the same thing to him. He doesn't listen. I'm not going to do that. He says, I'm going to go do my own thing. And he goes and he does his own thing for a while. And he goes and he gets a regular job and he's making all kinds of money. But he goes and he gets himself in all kinds of trouble, man. He gets away from God. He gets backslidden. He's drinking and smoking and he's doing drugs. And then finally, you know, because of that, he ends up losing his job. He ends up in the gutter. He ends up in rehab. And then all of a sudden he says, Fine, Lord, I'm tired of running for you. I'm going to be a preacher like you called me to do. And then he finally does what God told him to do. And you know, the sad thing is, you know who whose testimony people are going to enjoy the most? Jason's. And that's too bad because that is it should not be that way. God should not have to do something that big to get somebody's attention. He should just have to speak to us in a still small voice. And right there if you see somebody go into the ministry after they've destroyed their life pretty much and lost everything, and after God did this big, huge thing, you know, may almost die in a car wreck or something and they just barely survived, You know, that doesn't take a whole lot of humility, does it? But someone who just does it, because the Holy Spirit spoke to them, one who had all kinds of opportunity, they could have done anything, but they just humbled themselves, that's the one that should be that God's going to exalt. Man will exalt Jason because he's got a better story that people will enjoy hearing more. But God's going to enjoy, God is going to exalt the testimony of somebody like Kyle who did it the right way, who humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. And it you know it doesn't take a whole lot of humility to submit when somebody's knocked you down. Okay? If somebody comes to me and they're beating me up and I'm laying on the ground, and they're kicking me and I'm about to die, and I finally say I give, you know that doesn't really, that's not really humility, is it? That's just you know, I'm just trying to survive. Okay, I'm, I've already been embarrassed and humiliated by that person, but somebody who just maybe they could beat the snot out of that person, but yeah, I'll give. I'm not going to mess with this. I'm not going to do that. You know, they just humble themselves, and that's what God wants from us. And if we're going to and we do that by Watching the hand of God. It's not something that we can visibly see. And so it takes humility to follow God's instructions by looking at something that is physically invisible. This is something that's completely spiritual. And for you to do this, To watch the hands of the Master like we're talking about, it's going to take some humility. But it's what will please God and it's what God wants and it's what we ought to do. And so with that, let's go ahead and stand together. Heads bowed and eyes closed. The hand of the Master, we need to be watching for it in everything we do.